Yes, we are now recording. So uh, I am super excited, Bill, to have you with us today. Uh, thanks for coming on Leadership in Motion. And uh, for the people that are going to get to see this, I just want to start by introducing a little bit about you. And uh, one, folks, Bill is the, the uh, CEO of the Pasco Economic Development Council. Uh, but he is also a great friend, uh, a great advisor. He's a brown butt at KMMA, and I happen to know that he that he had a lifetime in the martial arts before, even before we met. Um, so that's what made you perfect for this interview series, Bill, because uh, because I am trying to to do something that talks about the fact that talks to the fact that you know the leadership that we gain through our martial arts education and in the dojo prepares us to take leadership out of the dojo and into the world. And you're leading at such a high level that I think you'll have a, have a lot of great uh, insight to share for us. Um, I wanted to start before I started acting, asking questions with your permission though, because over time we've, we've spoken and you have such a, a colorful and awesome background. I thought maybe you'd want to share a little bit stories about uh, where you came from and what got you where you are today. Yeah. So thank you. So, um, I'm, I'm actually, right now I'm 50, 55 years old. Uh, and uh, you know, back in the day when, when martial arts first started to become a little more mainstream in the United States in the 70s, uh, got involved with, with Taekwondo, like a lot of people I know. And uh, uh, my parents really encouraged me to, to, to not quit. Uh, my dad was military and uh, entrepreneur himself and uh, did, did really well as a, as a businessman. But those initial lessons, uh, initially about achieving and making sure that you, you actually set your eyes on a goal and uh, in, in getting my first black belt back in, in 1978, uh, back, in, back in the day when there wasn't kids karate yet, yeah. uh, really set the, set the curb for me for several other activities in my life, like scouting, um, Boy Scouts, uh, going after the Eagle Scout, things like that that uh, became a little bit more of a theme for me in those early adolescent years um, where, where you, you're, very, uh, uh, you're very impressionable. And, and luckily that good foundation really paid off so that uh, as my friends got into things that they weren't supposed to be doing, uh, I was able to continue to uh, speak to them uh, but still maintain my own integrity and, and know my direction. Uh, but it really wasn't until um, probably in my 30s that leadership moved on beyond just being a Boy Scout leader or things like that as an adult with responsibilities and people that were depending on you. And you hear this in the business world, the people who say, you know, unless you've met your own payroll, uh, you, you don't know what it's like to, to have to worry about feeding other, other people and having that responsibility. I think uh, uh, also as a, as a Christian, I think it was uh, around 2011 as a new Christian that I realized that if I was ever going to be able to do more, I was going to have to grow my shoulders bigger and take on more. I couldn't, I couldn't be that person anymore that said, oh, I can only do this, this, and this. I had to expand my own capabilities to be able to do more. And that really opened up uh, uh, me to be, to, to be open to taking on more, but also to not be restricted based on what I thought were my capabilities. And you hear this even with Navy SEALs and others that sometimes what they think their limits are 
uh, are the one thing that keep them from being able to succeed. So um, that point in time, which wasn't that long ago, uh, really opened me up to, to be um, uh, less limited and, and be able to take on more willingly and with a good attitude, uh, which, which also makes a big difference. But uh, it, it hasn't been that, that long, and I've been really happy uh, with the results and how I've been able to help other people when I change my attitude. Awesome. So much good stuff. So, 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 so much good stuff already that already I'm ready to jump off my, <laughs> my questions and start build, you know, start asking questions off what you said, but I'm going to discipline myself since that's one of the, uh, the qualities that we, that we both gained through martial arts training. And I'm going to stick to, to the questions I have planned for you here um, so that I can make sure that we get this wisdom from you to, to my audience. And the first question I actually had planned bill is, because leadership, you know, to me is, is one of those words that's thrown around and I feel like some of the people that use it actually understand it, right? Yeah. So my question to you would be, to you, what is leadership and why is it so important? Mm. So, so, yeah, there's a lot of definitions. You see textbook definitions and things like that. Uh, um, and I, I, I'll say one, one thing that uh, a phrase that always comes to mind is a leader is somebody that knows the way goes the way and shows the way, which sometimes simply sounds like a teacher, you know, just, just showing the way. But what I mean is the leader needs to clearly communicate the goal. So the, the, uh, the emphasis is on the way, you know, knowing the way, knowing the goal. And um, sometimes it's just a matter of saying, okay, team, we all need to you know, climb that mountain. And, and, and we can point to that mountain and say, this is what we're trying to do. But sometimes you need to say, okay, we need to climb the mountain this way. We need to include these steps. And then it becomes more than just pointing at something and saying, uh, we need to get to the top of that mountain. But we also need to include these steps in, in that process. In order to do that, you've got to have some experience too um, to be able to point out what those steps are. So it's, it's not about just pointing out the direction and saying we need to get from A to B. Uh, it's, it's sometimes we need to get to A to B and we need to include these steps in it. Um, and it's, it's really the theme of leadership is all about others. It's not about yourself um, and who gets credit for it or who gets the next rank. It's about others and making them more efficient. So kind of like a coach in the sense that if, um, uh, if they could do it on their own, then they don't need you. So you're adding some efficiency and some value um, to that process. So if there's a team of people that say uh, are all working towards a goal on their own and they add you to the, to the mix, if you're not helping that team improve and becoming more efficient, then you're really not leading and you're not needed. And I'll also share with you that usually when that leadership role kicks in, when a leader is needed, is in a challenge. And so, so if they could do it on their own, they would do it on their own. And if they could do it efficiently on their own, they would do it efficiently on their own. Uh, when a challenge arises is when a leader needs to kick in and, and, uh, uh, and, and takes place. I love that answer so much because the whole time you were, you were talking and I was doing my best not to think while you were talking, you know, <laughs> but you got me excited that because you said, you know, you talked about the know the way, uh, go the way and show the way, you know, which, which of course is, you know, 
about leadership by example. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, what I was thinking about is sensei in mm -hmm. our, in our school. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I kept the Japanese titles on purpose, right? right? Like, like, obviously we're predominantly, we're predominantly Kramaga based these days. Right. So, so we could have dropped the Japanese titles. Right. But, but I kept them because of what they mean for leadership and sensei specifically means guide one who yes. has gone before. So yes. it's so like everything you just talked about is, is who a sensei is. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And the sensei is that person because they've gone there before, because they took all the steps. They, they, they met all the same stumbling blocks. They know what to happen when you get to red belt and you want to quit. They know what you're supposed to do instead. Right. Mm -hmm. They know they, they can, they can help guide that, that white, yellow, orange, purple, blue, green, brown belt to the path to becoming a black belt. Of course, one of those ultimate challenges that you were just talking about. One of those, you know, because let's face it, maybe not like like COVID nineteen, but let's face it. The, the, one of the cool things about what we do is that that black belt test for some of these people is the first really really hard thing they've done in their lives, right? Like that's true. That's, true. Why, that's why I say they're reborn after. Yeah. I just love I love what you were talking because everything you were talking about speaks directly to to the leadership we do in the dojo. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the second question I have for you is we know that the martial arts provides so many, you know, incredible benefits, including fitness and focus and self-defense skills. Uh, but you and I agree, which is why we're on this together, that the leadership development is at least, if not more important. So uh, can you speak to some of the important leadership attributes that you feel are developed specifically through martial arts training? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's some that are pretty obvious. Uh, uh, Self-confidence is, is probably a big one, especially for young people. Um, you know, public speaking didn't come naturally to me. I had to work on it, but it was that self-confidence that helped bolster that. Um, but there's a lot of different attributes that we work on simultaneously. Humility, patience, perseverance, discipline, courage. Uh, I'd even say bravery sometimes for, for, for people. I mean, if you've ever seen some of the stress drills I've seen, uh, I've seen people that weren't necessarily performing in the stress drills, but became the uh, the combatants or the opponents that were a little leery about to take on somebody that was in a stress drill that had some bravery. But I, I, I think there's some, some deeper underlying aspects or attributes though, um, especially in the dojo that may not be quite as obvious. And, and that, kind of goes back to that experiential piece of it that you you get the opportunity to truly experience leadership um we live in a culture that that we can get all kinds of information at our fingertips we can uh, uh search the internet and google leadership and learn about leadership we can get books on leadership um and there's whole sections of bookstores based on leadership, but you can't read your way into being a leader. The, the leader itself requires the, and if you don't have the platform to try it, to try being a leader, you can't sit in a cave on top of a mountain and become a leader by, by reading. You need some type of a wow. ecosystem or a platform that allows you to, uh, to actually experience being a leader, which means that it's, it's, it's now not just a noun of saying they're a leader. You're a noun because of the verb, that the verb has to take place to be a leader, which also means that if you're not at that time leading, you're not the leader. 
Um, so it could be somebody that's, it's a lower rank, a smaller person, a younger person that could be the leader at that point in time. And you're stepping back and you're no longer the leader, which again, kind of reinforces that idea that leaders have nothing to do with rank or title. It's who is actually leading at the time, which is really hard for some leaders to get their head around because they'll say, hey, you know, you see these stripes on my shoulder? That means I'm in charge. And it's like, no, if you're not leading, you're not the leader. And it's, a, it's an activity that's going on. And, and I'd say there's, uh, there's also the, the continued focus on other. And uh, in, in the dojo, you get the opportunity all the time to focus on other because you're sparring, you're working together, you're practicing together. Um, but there's also the mental aspect of the martial arts and the, the discipline mental aspect, which a lot of people have a tendency to think that they're internalizing it, that it's some new age mental discipline, like you know, sitting on a mat and meditating. You're also in the martial arts, you're learning how to behave socially with others. So the others, you know, even, the, even the internalized piece of it, the mental piece of it, still has to do with others and it still has to do with your interaction with others it's not just about me 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 and reaching a goal it's about what do you do in this situation yeah and in fact nobody wants to train with that guy <laughs> that's right yeah i never thought of it before as the as the leadership laboratory like when i was in army rltc they we actually had something called a leadership laboratory where we practiced you're right. That's what the dojo is for us. It's a leadership laboratory. It is. You get the opportunity to practice. That's right. So what are some of your favorite leadership lessons from the martial arts? And now I'm not talking about the, you know, we, a second ago we were talking about the attributes that are inherently developed, but now I'm just talking like when we said we give a mat chat, right? Like we give a mat, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and we're actually speaking to a, a specific leadership lesson. If you had to pick one or two, what are some of your favorites? Yeah. Well, you know, there's one that, that, that you've been, uh, you've been focused on a lot lately that I still love. And that's the, you know, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond. I think that's a huge lesson, uh, not just in martial arts, but everywhere because of every interaction that we have, every single thought, every, everything that touches us. Um, it's how we respond to it that, that counts. Uh, another big one for me is, is humility. And, and as uh, you know, I mentioned, as a young man, having achieved a lot of things, well, with that, your ego can, can grow wow. with that. And humility is, you know, helps you check that ego. Um, I've been beaten by students half my size and half my age. And I've learned from people that weren't even born yet when I first started uh, studying the martial arts. And, uh, you know, that brings me to the, the point of, uh, another lesson beyond humility is don't assume anything. You know, don't assume that somebody's size, their age, their strength, their rank. That's uh, really behind that that gee, that uniform. What what's really under there is not just in the the package that you're seeing behind you, and uh, which which will keep you on your toes if you keep that mentality that you don't you don't know what you don't know and um, and that, that also means that things can change all the time. So that would probably be the, the, the other big one for me would be change is the only thing that's constant. It's always, always changing. It's the same in life as it is in the dojo. You have to be reg, uh, ready for that continuous change. Um, 
and it's still about others. So it's not, it's still not, we're not controlling. We can control what we can control, but we're not controlling the rest of the world and it's continuously changing. And if we're not responding to that change, well, in the dojo, if you don't respond to that change, you get hit. <laughs> it's really easy to, to catch on that you need to respond. But yeah. if you're not responding to change in the world, then you're going to get hit there too. And if you're leading a team and they're not responding, then they're not going to be successful as that, that team as well too. So, you know, I think um, the response piece of it, these are all kind of interwoven. Um, you know, having the humility of, of how you respond, um, don't make assumptions in, in continuing to be nimble and focus on the fact that things are always changing and that'll keep you humble in itself too, because, uh, you're never, you're never on the, you've heard this before. You're, you know, if you're on the top of the mountain, somebody's going to come knock you off too. So you, you can't assume that you're always at the top. That's all such brilliant and poignant stuff. I, I, you know, and you got this, it's interesting because this, this recording of course will, will live on long beyond this current situation. Uh, but people that we're here going on right now uh, yeah. through the COVID-19, I'll go ahead and, and, and timestamp it through the COVID-19 air uh, reaction closures, mm -hmm. all the, all the stuff going on and every, everything you just talked about could is a heck of a leadership lesson for right now. Cause we're all being forced to, to make hard decisions and, 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 and pivot and change. And like you said, and, and, I have to ref I have to discipline myself from going further because you you said it all. People just got to rewind. <laughs> just got to rewind and listen to that. And uh, you spoke to me. It was very helpful. Thank you. Um. So, can you tell us about a time or give us an example when you applied some specific skill or lesson that you acquired through your martial arts training to a leadership challenge at your work, mm. or your family, or your community? But for you, I think it's probably going to be work because you have a lot to draw from there, right? The yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, do kickboxing in the boardroom or, or things like that. But uh, um, I will say, you know, we're talking about others, and and there's there's this uh, feel that when you're talking about others, that we're all supposed to be nice and and compassionate, and that we're all supposed to be working together in synergy. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes there's friction. Um, and, and, you know, I mentioned the boardroom, if you're in a negotiation with somebody, um, it can get heated really quickly and, and it doesn't have to just be in, in business, but it, it reminds me, and I've, I've shared this with staff too, that, uh, in, in the dojo, uh, before we spar, we bow respect to each other and, uh, and then we spar and when we end, we bow respect to each other. And you, you see the same with boxing, you see the same in a lot of those types of, of sports where there's, uh, uh, there's, there's self-control, there's respect. And you, uh, you've even heard this when you talk about uh, advice to, to, to families, you know, don't, don't ever leave it on a, on a negative note, come back to that, that baseline of respect. So, you know, when you're in a negotiation with, with somebody, you know, starting out with, uh, especially if you know it's going to be a tough one, you start out with respect and you make sure you end with respect. It's just like you're bowing to them in the dojo. And mentally, I do that. I actually wow. put, put them back in that role, whether they know it or not. And, uh, and I think there's a certain amount of grace 
to that as well too that you're being you're being graceful in the in the process by bringing them uh, everybody back to that baseline which means you have to intentionally do that too you can't uh, uh you can't say oh the other guy's a jerk so i'm not gonna do it uh you gotta step up and and be that one that is good stuff that is good stuff and I might have to take out pieces of this thing and just keep using them. Please do, yeah. That is great wisdom. And, and you know, the two thoughts I have with that one is that, that jumped out at me is is that, wow, like not, not only are you speaking what should be, but it, it unfortunately speaks to so much that isn't, right? Like mm-hmm. that's one of the key missing things in our world today is, is and which, which then supports the fact that, that, that starting with kids, you know, we should be teaching these things. And you're right. So, so in the dojo and you're right, when I think about people like you and, and Adam, you know, Shan, Adam Vaughn and, and, and mm-hmm. business leaders that have grown up in the martial arts, the way they do their business, the way they lead is so different too, because of it. Right. And, 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 but you're right. That's the biggest, that's one of the biggest pieces is that, that etiquette and, and yeah. you know, that understanding that you can go into conflict and, and of course you're you're in the conflict to win, but it doesn't mean you ever lose respect. Right. I love that. That is right. brilliant stuff. And kind of goes back to that earlier statement about you know, focus on others and that the, the martial arts, the discipline, mental discipline part, because a lot of people, one, they think martial arts is just about fighting. Right. And then when they finally realize that martial arts has this mental discipline that can permeate so many other things, you, you see the, uh, 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 Zen archery in, in Japan that has a martial arts feel to it, to flower arrangement, to Ikebono flower arranging. Um, and we then we say, oh, it's about our mental well-being. Well, it's not just that. It's about learning how to behave in the context of this world and, and how we behave with others. So you, you, you're right back to dealing with others, even on the internal piece of it, which is the mental piece of it. Yeah, that is so good. That's so good. Thank you. So I know you have a lot of wisdom to share, uh, but if I was to ask you for one specific piece of advice, uh, and now you're speaking to one of our younger martial artists, a new white mm-hmm. belt or something, a, a young kid, and, and, and it was something that, that if you could go back all the years to when you first started, like you wish somebody had told you that lesson, that, that gold lesson, uh, and it could be the, about the martial arts and or leadership, right? Like the, that one lesson you wish you had learned when you were young, to share with the with the group, what would that be? Hmm, okay. Well, I think um, boy, I've got a couple. So I think if you uh, if you learn to be flexible is probably one of the the most important things, and and I, I mean that in two ways. One is 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 of course physically being flexible. So I am I am one of those people that. You know, through the years of wear and tear on my my body, I am not as flexible, and arthritis and and nature, um, you know, proves that to me. Uh, continue to stretch. Uh, don't don't lose sight of that. But then continue to stretch in in the real world and continue to be flexible. And um, and if if you do that, you you're less likely to be upset. You know, so when you look at the COVID nineteen response as well. The, the people initially who were the most upset were the ones that didn't want to change mm. and didn't want to respond to it and just wanted things back the way they were. And um, there's not much learning lesson uh, available to them by, by the, keeping that type of attitude. Mm. Uh, you're going to have to be open to, um, to being able to change and, and to, uh, 
um, to be flexible. The other, the other thing from a leadership standpoint, so I mean, that's just good advice in general to anybody that's starting out, uh, master something, just find something to master. And, um, it's not so important that, uh, you become a jack of all trades. You've heard that term before where people know a little bit about this, a little bit about that, but find something to master because if you do, um, you learn the steps that are involved in mastery. You know, you've heard like Malcolm Gladwell talks about the uh, 10,000 repetitions and, and stuff like that. Well, that's all part of it. Yeah. Uh, and once you learn how to master something, you can help others learn how to master something because you've gone down that path of mastery. And, um, and it could be something, it could be cooking, it could be cleaning, it could be you just find something to master. And then later you can find something else to master and something else. I think, uh, especially me, I had this, this issue. I want to do everything. I mean, one day I was out, you know, shooting bow and arrow the next day I'd, I'd be out <laughs> riding bike and, um, all of those things, uh, you, you need to focus some time and energy to at least one of those to become a, a master at it. And you'll be, you'll have that foundation that you can, that you can work from after that. So, uh, um, so those would probably be the, the two biggest things I would say, you know, the flexibility and the, the mastery would be really important. I love that one again, as kind of pertains to being one of the critically missing things today, I think, right? Like, like when I, even growing up, and of course I have, as you know, three amazing sons right now who, who yeah. have run the dojo and are amazing. Uh, but I know that some of my struggles uh, in educating them over those uh, over the years has been around that because I think that um, in today's society there is a little bit of a uh, wanting to get everything fast, mm -hmm. the steps, wanting to. So I think that's why I think that what you just advised is so important because there are no shortcuts. You know, you 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 learn the true law of the process, right? That excellence happens daily, but not in a day. Right. If you force yourself to stick around long enough to master something, right? Have to, yeah. You have to. You have to do that. And I mean, there's there's some practicality to it as well, too, because we we all have all of these things at our fingertips. Where now you've got lots of choices. It's like going into a restaurant with lots and lots of things on the menu. Well, guess what? You can't eat them all at once. You've got to you, you've got to focus on on what's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and well, and a good to take that analogy one step further, if you start eating the one and thinking about the other, you're not enjoying the one that you're No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to focus. Where, you know, I, I like to tell some people sometimes that struggle with this, look, wherever you are, that's where you're at. Yeah, that probably explains why my dad always ate dessert first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, good stuff. I also thought about, and uh, when you were talking about the mastery, that it ties to one of your earlier uh, things because – Obviously, the, the, the real point, more than anything, perhaps, is that when we master the martial arts or guitar or cooking or whatever thing, we ultimately are mastering ourselves. Right? Mm -hmm. You don't realize it, but at the end, you end up realizing what I really did was master myself and my interaction with other people. That's uh, right. That's, that's exactly right. Yep. Outstanding. Um, well, actually, first of all, um, before I get to my final question, which does yeah. have to do with this specific time, is there anything else that I haven't talked about that you'd like to share with us before? before we go hmm you know i think uh, um you're working with with your your space around you 
is really important. Each of us have a different space around of us. Some of us have family, some of us have work, um, some of us have community. I think they're all um, space around us. And, and as martial artists, we learn to protect that space. Um, and I think you always need to focus on what that space is, if it's your family, if it's your work. Um, we can't, I mean, I can't go protect somebody right now in Wuhan, China. That's not in my space, but my family is, you know, my family's in my space right now. My, my employees and the people that are on my team are in that space and my neighbors are in that space. So, I mean, focus on what's around you within that reach or that circle. I think that's really important as a leader um, that you take responsibility for that space around you and you give it attention too. And you don't just, you know, just say I'm protecting, but you know, in the case of your family, making sure that, uh, that you're giving them your attention, whoever's in front of you, you're given kind of, like I said, with the food, you know, whoever's in front of you at the time is who you should be giving that attention to. And, um, and that focus, I think that's, uh, uh, what we all should be doing, not just as parents, but as, uh, uh, as members of that community or family or, or, or business. So that, that I mean, if we all did that, if we all took care of that space and we all connected those spaces together, our community, um, we would have it all under control. But I think a lot of people you know, neglect one of those spaces. They, they either uh, <laughs> take care of their family and they don't take care of their community. I mean, how many people do we know? I think we were just talking about this the other day in suburbia. You know, how many people don't know their neighbor? And, and uh, you know, now is a good time to, to break that habit and, and go out and knock on the door and find out how you can help if, they're, if you don't even know if they're experiencing a challenge. Yeah. Um, and same with, the, with, with your work as well, too. Own, own that space and, and take care of it and protect it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, you know, I'm guilty of that one. I, I've, uh, I work so much that until this time, I didn't know very many people in my community. Now, yeah. now walking around all the time everybody else is walking around too <laughs> yeah that's true a lot yeah. of realization happening out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so but you know i, I thought about a couple other <coughs> things um as you were you know one of course circle of concern circle of control you're so right everybody is so focused on everything that they can't do anything about mm-hmm. <coughs> and of course i just misspoke by saying everybody you know that's a generalization but i mean you, you see, <laughs> i know what you meant yeah, yeah. You see so much, uh, and that's the one thing that jumped in. And then the, t- the second is much more of a micro issue, and it might be one of my, part of my issues. But like one of my things is, is if I'm talking to you right now, you know, my phone isn't coming out, right? My uh, one of my pet peeves, and I'll be upsetting somebody watching this, but hopefully, they'll, hopefully through the upset, they'll learn from it, right? Like is is when you're actually sitting with somebody and talking to somebody else on your phone at the same time. I, I don't think. In the, this generation, I'm not sure they know how rude that is and how counterproductive it is. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so the, the counterproductivity alone should get people's attention and the fact that if they actually knew that what they think is multitasking or, or perhaps they think they're being more efficient is costing them in everything that they're, they're doing because nothing is getting their full attention. Yeah. Did we hit it all or is there anything else that, that you'd like to... Yeah, I think I think the the only the only other thing is just you know uh, where we're at in this time and and uh, you know, I can just remind people that you know, after nine eleven you know, we all uh, 
we all were extremely compassionate towards each other and, and, and were loving towards each other when it first happened. But it wasn't that long afterwards when we all quickly went back to our old ways and wanted to see who was wearing what on the Academy Awards and stuff like that. And I think if, if, uh, if anything, I hope that this particular time allows people to, um, to not bounce back into that same mode, that we take the opportunity to make some changes and um, that we don't waste this opportunity to make changes because we, we all, we, we all become too a little routine in, um, in our habits. <laughs> We've got to experience hopefully some growth through this process and hopefully some people other than, you know, not liking being at home cooped up or not liking this or not liking that. I hope that they enjoyed some of the changes that they made. And, and you mentioned all the people out walking, exercising, and um, there are changes being made. So let's you know, hope people embrace that and continue and that we don't just go back to um, quote unquote normal without having learned from, from this uh, as individuals and as, as leaders. And you know, in, individuals, uh, we're all individuals that leaders, if, if, uh, if they take the stand of we're not going to let it just go back to the way it was, it'll help those individuals greatly if, if we take the lead on that. That's truly brilliant. So, so exercising our leadership, not just through the crisis, but what are we going to take from this crisis and be better about Yeah. the other side? I love it. Love it. Yeah. No, you said it much more succinctly. That was, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I was actually, sometimes I do that for myself to make sure I don't lose the lesson. That, yeah. that, was, uh, that was good. Uh, Bill, I, I'm incredibly impressed. Uh, I think that, I mean, I, of course, I've always been anyway, um, and honored to have you as a part of our dojo family. But, uh, but man, you shared a lot of great wisdom. Uh, I think that, that, I hope that this thing goes, goes long and wide because I think a lot of people can take a, a lot of, uh, wisdom and, and, and beyond wisdom, because sometimes wisdom can be the esoteric part, uh, a little, a little beyond wisdom, actually applicable and actionable items from this thing, uh, to be better leaders and, and even just better people and better martial artists, mm -hmm. you know, because ironically, I just thought about the fact that, that so much of what you spoke to even speaks to our practice, right? Like, like the same thing is true, right? Like, like as a result, this just came to me from what you said, as a result of this and, and, and what's going on with the virtual dojo, not just that of course we're gonna continue providing the virtual dojo organizationally, but I mean for each individual student to actually take something from this time that they're having to, 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 to train differently that they yeah. can actually keep and apply when we come back to the normal. Yeah, and, 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 you, and you know for me, normal for me is is even more different than than others because the the virtual dojo has offered me the opportunity to be able to train when I do travel and and travel I mean shoot last year I, I don't know how many countries I was in in a short period of time but uh, uh, was training you know independent not part of the dojo so now with the virtual opportunity to to train um, I'm able to change that in 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 my own personal life as well too so yeah some good stuff already coming out of this yeah outstanding well thank you so much sir i know that as the ceo of the pastoral economic development council you have a really busy schedule today so i appreciate you carving some of it out for us 
It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. See you back in class very soon. Sounds good. Peace.